After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Asrihil Aziz stated, Today, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, the Jalsa Salana, by the annual convention of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Holland, is going to commence. After many years, Allah the Almighty has also enabled me to participate in your Jalsa, and Amir Sahib, the National President of the Holland Jamaat has been inviting me to the Jalsa for the last few years, but due to other Jamaat engagements and despite the desire to attend, it has not been possible. But in any case, it is by the grace of Allah the Almighty that I have been enabled to attend this Jalsa today. And also, over the previous few years, the community in Holland has increased and has been at least an increase of a third. Many people have migrated from Pakistan, and also some new people have also joined the community. But nonetheless, like other Jamaats of the world, the Holland Jamaat is also making progress according to their numbers and the means available to them. The publication of literature etc. has also improved here. And similarly, the Jamaat has also acquired some new centres and a mosque. And although I have not seen the mosque yet, but I have heard other people praise the beauty of the Almere Mosque. Thus you have been able to construct a very beautiful mosque, and inshallah ta'ala, God willing, its inauguration will take place next week, that is, the formal inauguration, otherwise prayers are already being offered there. However, you should always remember that this increase in your numbers or the construction of mission houses or centres or a mosque will only be beneficial 
if you fulfill the purpose of their construction. Therefore, every Ahmadi who lives here needs to analyze his or her condition and to search for those objectives which we ought to fulfill after having come into the bed, i.e. the pledge of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wassalam. And as I mentioned earlier, that over the last few years, many Ahmadis have migrated here. And this has also contributed to an increase in the Jamaat numbers here. But why have they migrated here? They have done so because Ahmadis do not have freedom of religion, particularly in Pakistan. They are persecuted on the basis of religion. And their rights are usurped for they have accepted the Imam of the age in accordance with the prophecy and the instruction of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. We are prohibited from proclaiming the name of Allah the Almighty and from worshipping him because we have come into the bath, i.e. the pledge of the most ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And let alone constructing mosques, we are even prohibited from holding gatherings such as jalsas and ijtamas for the sake of dhul and spiritual training of our own people. Moreover, according to their law, we are also prohibited from praying even in our own homes. And we are prohibited from sacrificing animals on the occasion of Eid al-Adha, because their law does not allow us to do so, and charges are brought against those who do so. Moreover, these laws are then enforced because it hurts the sentiments of the so-called ulama, i.e. the scholars and their followers. Therefore, due to these circumstances, many Ahmadis migrate from Pakistan and travel to other countries where there is freedom of religion. And also those among you who have migrated to this country have the freedom of religion as well as the opportunities to improve your financial and also your economic conditions. Hence, every Ahmadi who is living free from the restrictions that were imposed on them in Pakistan should particularly be grateful to Allah the Almighty even greater than before and they should also strive their level best to fulfill the rights of having pledged initiation to the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wassalam i.e. entering the bayat of the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wassalam. They should endeavour to improve their spiritual, intellectual and moral states and they should not simply rejoice at the mere fact that they are now free and that there is no such restriction upon them which prevents them from acting in accordance with their faith. If our deeds are not in accordance with the commandments of Allah the Almighty, and if we do not endeavour to develop 
an even purer transformation within us than before. And if we are not expressing the love of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger وسلم, more than before, then to what benefit is this freedom? What is the benefit of participating in these jalsas, i.e. the annual conventions? And what is the benefit of constructing these mosques? The fact is that we will only reap the true benefit of this freedom when we fulfill the rites of our bad by pledging initiation to the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam announced to organize these jilsas by the annual conventions upon the commandment from Allah the Almighty and he did so in order to develop a pure transformation within us and so that we may become those who give precedence to faith over the world and so that we may acquire the true understanding and comprehension of our faith and so that we may develop the love of Allah the Almighty and his Prophet وسلم, within our hearts and so that we may improve our spiritual, moral and intellectual states and that we make every possible effort in order to achieve this. Whilst outlining the objectives of the Jalsa Salana, i.e. the annual convention, and imparting advice to those who pledge initiation to him, i.e. entering the bath, the promised Messiah والسلام, stated on one occasion, It should be clear to all those sincere individuals who pledge initiation to this humble one that the objective of doing bath is for the love of the world to dwindle and for the love of the benevolent master and the chosen Prophet وسلم, to encompass the heart and for such a state of detachment from the world to be developed as a result of which the journey of the hereafter is not considered loathsome. Therefore, this instruction of the promised Messiah والسلام, is evidently clear that after pledging initiation to him, we should not limit ourselves to a mere verbal proclamation. Rather, we should join those who demonstrate sincerity. However, one is only able to increase in sincerity and devotion when the love of Allah the Almighty and His chosen Messenger وسلم, takes precedence over everything. Thus, the promised Messiah والسلام, has also included this among the conditions of birth. That is, that the initiate shall make the word of God and the sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the guiding principle in every aspect of one's life. But every word of Allah the Almighty and of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, can only be made the guiding principle in one's life when a person develops true love for them. Therefore, these jalsas, i.e. the annual conventions, are organized so that we are repeatedly reminded of what the objective of our bath truly is. Indeed, it is not an ordinary matter for the love of the world to be completely removed from the heart and to be superseded by the love of Allah and His Messenger 
In fact, one needs to greatly strive in order to achieve this. And moreover, once we have taken the pledge of initiation, then we should most certainly strive for this. We must sacrifice our worldly affairs for the sake of our worship. And we must sacrifice our worldly engagements in order to fulfill the rights of Allah the Almighty. We must safeguard ourselves from whatever hinders us from acquiring the nearness of Allah the Almighty. If our employments and our businesses prevent us from fulfilling the rights of Allah the Almighty, then we must protect ourselves from these ills in order to remain in the jamaat of the promised Messiah Thus, we must remove these hindrances. Similarly, if our egos and our so-called worldly respect and honour and our selfish thoughts and deeds are preventing us from fulfilling the rights of the creation of God Almighty, then this is also disobedience to the commandments of Allah the Almighty. Allah the Almighty has also commanded us to fulfill the rights of His creation, and therefore by disobeying this commandment, we are not fulfilling the objective of being in the Jamaat, i.e. the community of the promised Messiah The next aspect which the promised Messiah has drawn our attention towards is the love for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The promised Messiah has clearly stated that the love for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, should supersede and dominate over every other relationship of love. And the reason for this is that now we are able to reach God Almighty only through the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And we are able to reach Allah the Almighty only by acting in accordance with the commandments and by following the Sunnah, i.e. the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Now the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, is the only means for the acceptance of prayers and for a prosperous end. The Promised Messiah states, and ponder over this, that Allah the Almighty states in the Holy Qur'an, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهَ That is, Say, O people, if you love Allah, then follow me and He will also love you. That is, Allah the Almighty will also love you when you follow the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and when you follow his traditions and act in accordance with his commands. Promised Messiah further states that in order to become a beloved of God, the only path is to follow the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and there is no other path that will enable you to reach Allah the Almighty. A person's objective should merely be the search for the one and only God. That is, that our primary objective should be 
that we should search for the one and only God and not to search for anything else and nor to associate someone with Allah the Almighty. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, then further states that you should refrain from shirk i.e. associating partners with Allah the Almighty and from harmful innovations and that you should not follow harmful traditions and desires. The promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, then further states Look, I say it once again that apart from the true path of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him a person is unable to be successful through any other means. The promised Messiah states, we only have one Prophet and only one Holy Quran which was revealed to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, by following which we are able to reach Allah the Almighty. He further states, you should remember that apart from the Holy Quran and following the commandments of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and his practices such as the formal prayer and fasting etc., there is no other key for unlocking the doors of the bounties and blessings of God. This is the only path and there is no other way. Therefore, in order to acquire these blessings, it is necessary to love the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, and owing to this love, then act in accordance with his commands. And if we fail to do this, and the promised Messiah has clearly stated that it is of no benefit to pledge initiation to him and that there is no benefit in gathering for these jalsas, i.e. these annual conventions. The promised Messiah then further states that I am a devotee of this beloved of Allah the Almighty. Thus, if you wish to uphold your pledge of initiation to me, then it is essential that you also love my beloved, i.e. Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Following this, the promised Messiah states that you should develop a state of detachment from the world within yourself. That is, you should develop a state that detaches you from the amusements and pleasures of the world. And every deed of yours should be in accordance with the commandments of Allah the Almighty and His chosen Prophet Certainly, earning worldly wealth and engaging in worldly affairs and businesses are permissible. And in fact, Allah the Almighty has also commanded us to do so. The companions, may Allah be pleased with them, also engaged in these worldly endeavours and owned businesses and took part in trade. In fact, they had great businesses which were worth hundreds of thousands and even millions and they traded and possessed properties worth hundreds of thousands. However, they were immersed in the love of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger وسلم, and they were ever mindful of fulfilling the rights of the worship of Allah the Almighty and also acting in accordance with the commandments of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. They remained cautious of not committing a deed, as a result of which their beloved would be displeased with them. Recently, I have been relating the accounts from the lives of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in my Friday sermons. And there are countless examples of their standard of worship their level of obedience and their immense love and passion for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And these companions were always fearful of doing something that might lead to the displeasure of their beloved. 
Hence, we should always bear in mind that despite all of our worldly engagements, we will not let our love for Allah the Almighty and His Messenger وسلم, diminish in any way, inshallah. And in this regard, we must strive as much as possible to fulfill the commandments of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger We have gathered here for three days to improve our condition, to benefit from the spiritual environment of Jalsa and to improve our practical conditions as well. Therefore, we should always be mindful of the purpose for which we have gathered here for the three days. And the purpose for this is to take advantage of the spiritual environment and to strive to improve our practical conditions and also to remove our ill habits and to focus on the remembrance of Allah the Almighty and seeking His forgiveness along with performing worship during these three days. However, if this is not our mindset, then it is pointless for us to attend the Jalsa. And it is wise to consider these three days as a training camp and to strive to overcome the weaknesses in our practical conditions which come about when an individual leaves a particular environment. While speaking about the benefits of the Jalsa Salanai, the annual convention, the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, states Members should try their best to arrive on this state for the sake of listening to religious affairs and praying together. He stated that during this jalsa one will be able to listen to such truths and insights which are integral for the progress of faith, conviction and divine insight. Therefore, the objective of the jalsa salana i.e. the annual convention is to progress in faith conviction and also divine insight. On one occasion, the promised Messiah also stated that the Jalsa is not like other worldly festivals, wherein we simply gather like other worldly gatherings and display our numbers. This is certainly not the objective. Therefore, everyone attending the Jalsa, whether they are men, women, the elderly or youngsters, they should all focus towards improving their faith their level of conviction and the divine insight so that their love for God and His Messenger وسلم, may strengthen further. If we cannot recognize the status of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger وسلم, and if we are not convinced of God Almighty's existence, then how can our divine insight improve? One can strengthen their faith after progressing in divine wisdom. Therefore, we should not think that we are gathering together merely for the sake of enjoyment and entertainment, and nor should we spend our time in idle conversations and then simply return home. Because if this is our mindset, then as I mentioned earlier, that attending the Jalsa is pointless. Furthermore, whilst directing our focus towards performing virtuous acts, 
which include fulfilling the rights of Allah the Almighty and also the rights of His creation, the promised Messiah states, One should commit a righteous deed only for the sake of attaining the pleasure and the acceptance of Allah the Almighty and with the intention that Allah the Almighty's commandment is fulfilled irrespective of the fact whether it will be rewarded or not. Hence, this is the true philosophy of genuine love. That is, that the love of Allah the Almighty demands us to act according to His commandments. And this includes worshipping Allah the Almighty and also fulfilling the rights of His creation. But one should not simply obey these commandments with the intention to obtain a reward from Allah the Almighty. Although it is true that Allah the Almighty does not allow an action to pass without rewarding it. However, true faith demands, just as the promised Messiah والسلام, has stated, that one should not commit a good deed simply to attain something in return. Rather, the intention should be that our God has commanded us to carry out virtuous deeds. The promised Messiah والسلام, then further states, that faith reaches the state of perfection when this concern and worry no longer exists. That is, that one should not worry as to whether they will be rewarded or not. If an individual persists on thinking in this manner, then their faith cannot reach the highest stage. The promised Messiah states that although it is true that Allah the Almighty does not allow a righteous act to go in vain, as he states, Inna Allah la ajr al that is, surely Allah suffers not the reward of those who do good to be lost. However, one who performs a virtuous deed should not do so with the intention of gaining a reward. Thus, true virtue is that which is done without any selfish or an ulterior motive. Therefore, keeping this principle in mind, we should treat one another with kindness and also seek to fulfill each other's rights. But we must do this because this is the commandment of Allah the Almighty to treat one another with kindness and it is also the instruction and practice of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him to fulfill the rights of one another and to demonstrate excellent morals irrespective of whether one receives any reward in return. Allah the Almighty, however, indeed grants reward for our acts of virtue. Thus, if God Almighty treats His creation in such a manner, then how great of a responsibility is it for us to adhere to all His commandments for the sake of gaining His pleasure and also to refrain from all that which He has forbidden us from. Moreover, after having come to these developed countries where in the name of so-called freedom all forms of immoralities are widespread, there is a far greater need for us to assess our conditions. At times, wealth and opulence can become a hindrance in performing acts of virtue. When one's conditions significantly improve, they tend to forget their past. One begins to feel that if such and such worldly endeavour is not fulfilled, then they will incur a loss.
However, Allah the Almighty states that He alone is the one who grants provisions. This is something that is generally witnessed amongst the worldly people who direct all their attention so that they do not incur any loss and fail to fulfill the due rights of Allah the Almighty. But regrettably, there are certain individuals amongst us who abandon their obligatory prayers for the sake of their worldly objectives. For instance, if they are engaged in some work and the time of prayer approaches, they will neglect the prayer or combine it with another prayer. And in some cases, they completely forget about it and fail to offer the prayer. But they will not abandon their worldly activity that they are occupied in. Therefore, they should refrain from this. Or they will perform the prayer in such a hasty manner as if it is a burdensome obligation that they have to become free from. And as I have mentioned earlier, that this is not the true love for Allah the Almighty. Rather, such actions demonstrate one's love for the world. Thus, if one wishes to fulfill the due rights of the bayt, with the promised Messiah they ought to fulfill the due rights of Allah the Almighty's worship. The promised Messiah has also drawn our attention towards understanding the true essence of worship, which is to worship God Almighty by immersing oneself in His love. One should worship Allah the Almighty, but not in a manner in which one simply seeks to fulfill an obligation but rather one should offer their worship whilst wholly immersed in the love of Allah the Almighty. And it is only then that one can free themselves from worldly desires, and it is only then that one will understand the true essence of giving precedence to one's faith over all worldly things. When an individual frees themselves from their worldly desires, God Almighty will then grant them provisions from where one could not even imagine. Just as Allah the Almighty states, That is, and he who fears Allah, he will make for him a way out and will provide for him from where he expects not. Further elaborating upon this, the promised Messiah states that taqwa, i.e. righteousness, is the means to attain prosperity. The promised Messiah states, Indeed it is true that Allah the Almighty does not allow His servants to perish and safeguards them from having to extend their hand before others for help. And it is my belief that if one becomes truly devoted to Allah the Almighty and adopts true taqwa, i.e. righteousness, then God Almighty continues to grant His blessings and mercy for seven generations and safeguards them, unless, owing to one's own misfortune, he commits such actions which deprive him from the blessings of Allah the Almighty. The Promised Messiah then further states that one ought to completely eradicate every kind of means 
except one, and that is the love of Allah the Almighty. This alone should be the means, i.e. the love of Allah the Almighty, through which one seeks to attain everything. Verily, I say that one who devotes himself wholly to God, God Almighty stands with them. The promised Messiah والسلام, then further states that transform your conditions so that Allah the Almighty bestows His blessings and mercy upon you. An individual whose purpose of life is to simply fulfill the desires and aspirations of this world, then what benefit will the longevity of his life grant him? That is, what benefit is there for one to seek a long life simply so he can attain the luxuries and the pleasures of this world? The promised Messiah states that such a person who does nothing for the sake of God simply seeks a long life so that he can eat exquisite foods, sleep as much as he can, have a family, own lavish houses and horses, gardens and land, etc., and merely serves his own stomach. Such an individual is not a servant of Allah the Almighty and nor worships him. In fact, he cannot even be called a servant for his personal objectives are in fact the object of his worship. In other words, such people are only concerned with accumulating property, wealth, houses and cars. The promised Messiah earlier gave the example of horses because in those times they would use horses but nowadays it's cars whereby people wish to have the best cars. However, this should not be one's objective. Indeed, one should most certainly derive benefit from the provisions of Allah the Almighty has granted them, but these should not become one's sole objective of life. Otherwise, one cannot be considered as a servant of Allah the Almighty and one who worships Him. Instead, such a person would be deemed to only be seeking worldly objectives, and they in fact become the object of his worship. The promised Messiah then first states, that such a person considers the fulfillment of the inner desires and carnal pleasures as his sole objective and the focus of his worship, and this alone becomes his prime objective. However, Allah the Almighty has established his worship as the sole purpose of man's creation, just as God Almighty states, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That is, and I have not created the jinn and men, but that they may worship me. The promised Messiah states that here God Almighty has clearly proclaimed that the primary objective is to worship Allah the Almighty and the entire universe has been created for this purpose alone. However, the intentions and desires of people are completely contrary to this. That is, people have become inclined towards fulfilling worldly endeavours and have adopted completely strange and peculiar desires. Their desire to seek worldly objectives has far exceeded their desire to attain Allah the Almighty. Thus, all of these factors should make us greatly ponder over this and be concerned as to how we can fulfill the true purpose of our lives. We must not only be concerned about the life in this world, and nor should all our deliberations and efforts be spent in how to attain this world, 
Rather, we must utilize all our faculties to the utmost in order to attain the true purpose of our lives. After having come to these countries in the West, we must become those who fulfill the due rights of His worship while striving to become the recipients of Allah the Almighty's blessings. And just as the promised Messiah mentioned that our intentions and desires should not be contrary to our real objective, rather we must recognize our Creator and fulfill the true purpose of our creation and also fulfill the objective for which God Almighty has sent the promised Messiah in this age. The promised Messiah first states that I have been sent so that I may strengthen the faith of people and establish the existence of God Almighty in their hearts because the condition of the faith of all nations has become extremely weak and the concept of life in the hereafter has become nothing more than a mere tale and each and every person is demonstrating through their practical conditions that they do not have the same conviction and belief in the hereafter as they have in the life of this world and all its splendor and glory. And what they utter from their tongues is completely contrary to the conditions of their hearts, which are overwhelmed with the love of this world. That is, despite verbally proclaiming the name of Allah the Almighty, their hearts are filled with the love of this world, and this love is demonstrated through their actions. The promised Messiah then further states that the love for the Almighty no longer remained in the hearts of the Jews. Hence, the Messiah was sent in order to bring them back to faith. And now in my era, the same condition is prevalent once again. Thus, I have also been sent to revive faith and establish righteousness in the hearts once again. Therefore, today it is our responsibility that where on the one hand, whilst fulfilling the due rights of our bath, we increase in our love for Allah the Almighty and firmly establish the unity of God in our hearts and give preference to our love for Allah the Almighty and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, over all worldly comforts. There, on the other hand, whilst bringing about a pure change within ourselves, we should seek to bring our societies closer to Allah the Almighty. Today, the people of this world deny the existence of Allah the Almighty, and each year a significant portion of people are joining those who deny His existence and are abandoning their faith. And this is the case in Christianity and across other faiths as well, in fact even amongst Muslims as well. Therefore, in light of these conditions wherein people are denying the existence of Allah the Almighty, we should instill the love of Allah the Almighty within our hearts and then enlighten the world about the existence of God Almighty. It is only then that we will be truly doing justice to our bath with the promised Messiah It is not sufficient to merely instill the love of Allah the Almighty and His Prophet within our hearts. In fact, our duty is far greater than this. We must also strive to our utmost to instill the love of Allah the Almighty and His Prophet within our children and also our future progenies as well.
Similarly, as I mentioned, we must also inform the world about the existence of Allah the Almighty. After having entered the birth of the promised Messiah والسلام, it is now also our duty to further his mission. May God Almighty grant us the opportunity to do so. And during these days of the Jalsa, may we be enabled to increase the standard of our worship and remain firm on them in the future as well. May we continue to increase in our love for Allah the Almighty and His Prophet wasallam, And may the worldly desires and pleasures never overcome us. However, we must also remember that none of this is possible without the blessings of Allah the Almighty. Therefore, continue to especially pray so that you may also become the recipients of His blessings. And so for this, one must greatly focus their attention. May God Almighty grant us the opportunity to do so. Alhamdulillah, من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد الله إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله إباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يعمر بالعدل واللسان ويتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وَأَدْعُوهُ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ